So I'm realizing that many of you might be wondering by now um, just who I am and how I got the perspectives that I have and why I feel like it's necessary to share them. And so I just want to use this uh, particular podcast to just explain a couple of things. So the best way I can think of to describe my worldview, my perspective, would be to tell you a little story about when I was um, really young, pretty young, probably three or four years old. I was old enough to remember this, but um, it kind of started the uh, the way I would view life, okay? So I, I at one, a certain point, had a skin rash that appeared. I was probably three, maybe four years old. I had a skin rash appear that my mom wasn't really sure what to do about the rash, but um, she had heard that uh, you can put like alcohol on it and put them in the sun to, to like dry it out. So I was small enough that my mom had like a, like a box that was just kind of sitting around or whatever. And so she put me in one of dad's t-shirts and she put me in this box so that I wouldn't run away, I guess. I'm not sure or so that I had a comfy place to lay. I'm not sure, but I, (sighs) I was in, I was in a box. I have this rash. I'm in a box in the front yard with the sun beating down on me. And what I want you to get about this is that while I was in this box, I had a disease. I had a dis-ease. Okay, not ease, dis-ease, okay? I wasn't doing so hot, okay? Here I am sitting in a box. I have dis-ease in that box, right? But what is above me? I was laying on my back and I'm looking up at the sun and I'm thinking, I want to touch that. I want to reach the sun. The sun feels good on me. I, I I want to get up and just fly to the sun. Like I want to, I want to feel its warmth and I want to be close to it. Um, look at the blue sky. There's birds up there. They get to fly around. I wanted out of the box. Okay. I wanted, I wanted out of the box at like three, four years old. Okay. In the box, I had dis-ease. I had a disease. Out of the box, it felt like I would be free. Maybe a little more dangerous than in the box, but I want it out. So the best I can describe the way that I have viewed life (laughs) is always that way. I don't like the box. I want to think, feel, learn, live outside what appears to be safe. Because, you know, if you're going to be honest, a cardboard box is actually not very safe at all. Okay? Okay. I was actually more susceptible to like, you know, the neighborhood dogs coming and, and, and giving me some trouble without any defenses. I wasn't even standing up, okay? So I'm the kind of person that basically, I went to risk getting up out of the box. And to tell you the truth, I did. When I was a kid, I got out of that box so many times, mom would come back out. I, one of the kids would tell on me, she's out of the box. Mom would come back, put me back in the box. She would tell me it's, you know, what's best for me uh, to get rid of the dis-ease. Well, I wanted to be in the sun, but I didn't want to lay there, you know. 
I kept getting out of the box. And um, so that's been a, a some trouble I've gotten myself into most of my life is that I keep getting out of the box. And sometimes I shock even myself. Because, you know, even as a kid, there was a part of me that wanted to be in the box because I felt kind of weak and feverish, you know. I, I wasn't doing so good. But but ultimately, I didn't want to stay there. I didn't want to stay in this dis-ease, and I didn't want to stay in the box. I wanted to go and play and live and, and feel a passion about something. So you could say that uh, that desire has not changed. So most of my life, I've pursued what I've felt passionate about unless I felt like I didn't have a choice. <clears throat> But let me just give you an example. Okay, so I grew up in church. And I mean, it was a holy roller church, right? Running around the church, literally, like most of the people like would actually get out of their chairs, run around the church, and raise their hands. You had the maracas, the whole thing, right? Very charismatic. And I'm not saying anything's wrong with that, okay? I'm just, just giving you an idea of what I grew up with, okay? If you raised your hands in church, you were more spiritual than the person who didn't have the nerve to raise their hand, right? Because after all, you know, they were too prideful to worship God truly. I mean, this was kind of the, you know, this is the, I want to say what we're taught, but in any case, it was definitely my impression. So it was my strong desire to be um, as close to God as possible and as spiritual appearing as possible as best as I knew it. But mostly I think I wanted to be close to God at that time because I thought that I would be accepted by people in that church more if I appeared close to God by by doing the things that they considered spiritual. So some of those things included, you know, like I said, raising your hand, clapping your hands, definitely singing the songs. You don't want to sit there cross-armed or people are going to think that you're in cahoots with the devil himself, right? So <laughs> anyway, so we would have these like we would have these uh preachers come, you know, uh missionaries, people from far away, but they were evangelists or whatever, and they would have you come up, get prayed for, and people would be what they call slain in the spirit, which by the way, can't find anywhere in the Bible. Anyhow, another time on that. Um so before you shut me off for saying that, um so you get slain in the spirit, right? Which means you fall backwards in like supposedly or hopefully um, an encounter with the spirit that's so intense you can't stand anymore on your own two feet. Okay. Um, Sometimes can be legitimate. I wouldn't call it slain in the spirit because that, why are you being slain? Anyway, soapbox. Okay. So, so we'd have these people come and, and the, okay. So as a kid, I'm watching this stuff happen and I'm going, okay, all the respect is going to these people who fall down at the touch of a preacher's hand every time. All, all the respect. Well, I was kind of a self-conscious kid, so I didn't really want to fall down. And I had no concept of like, you can actually kind of go unconscious or into a different realm or something like that. And I think, unfortunately, for a lot of the people there, it was kind of just more for the show than it was like a legitimate encounter. I'm not saying those didn't happen. I'm just saying, yeah, as a kid, I don't know. It just, I don't know what was going on, but it looked like the spiritual people fell down a lot. So I wanted to be spiritual, but I had this war with my self-conscious side. 
And I didn't want my friends to think I was stupid or whatever. But I wanted to be spiritual. And so um, at the point that all my friends were going to go up this one particular time and get prayed for by the preacher. Um, many times I had let them go up and I'm the one kind of sitting there like, you guys are going to look stupid. Okay. But this particular time I'm like, you know what? I want to look spiritual, but I am not falling unless it's real. No matter what, I'm not falling. And, uh, so I go up there and preacher comes around. He's laying hands. All my friends fall down almost the second he touches them and, I'm like, okay, I'm up here now. There's no way I can't fall down. So it better be real. So I'm like, God, make it real because I can't fall down by myself. Like I'm too self-conscious, you know. I'm I'm like literally having these thoughts. And um, I was probably seven or eight years old. And here comes the preacher. And he goes to lay hands on me. And I kind of, you know, I got like my back leg out, you know, I'm kind of bracing myself because I am not going to let this guy push me over, right? I want only God to do it. And so <sighs> I'm actually bracing myself against this guy. And he's, he realizes it kind of, and he starts pushing harder and pushing harder because he's not used to anybody doing anything resistant, okay? This is outside our box again. He's used to just blowing across the crowd and people like fall down because I yeah um and so he sees that I'm kind of resistant so he's pushing harder and harder and I'm like this dude really is gonna push me over if I don't give in like he's not taking no for an answer and I'm like okay God hurry and make it real you know well God didn't make it real I had to just fall down so that the guy would quit pushing on me and knock me down anyway. Um, it was one of the most tragic experiences of my life. Obviously I have never forgotten it. Um, it was humiliating. My friends made fun of me afterwards because I resisted, you know, cause they're all laying on the ground, but they're kind of peeking one eye open to see how I was going to do with it. You know, and they saw I resisted. So I was outside the box already. Um, saying, I don't want it if it's not real. So I'm telling you these stories to give you a background of of the kind of person that I have always been. Prior to trauma, prior to pain, I, it's like I just, I, I've kind of thought a little differently. And Sometimes it's been to my advantage, for sure. Other times I've just kind of wished I could fit in. But I'm in a place in life now where I am absolutely grateful. Completely grateful that I do not fit in. I do not have any desire to fit in to what the world is doing today. Lord, help us. No desire. Thank God. Thank God I'm in the world, but I'm not of it. Okay? Because how am I supposed to follow Jesus, who was so disruptive to normal, to the status quo, to the religious ideas, to the traditions? How, how am I going to follow a guy like that if I'm addicted to, to a social acceptance kind of mentality? So, 
Life has been interesting. It's been hard. You get scars that way. When you think outside the box, you get scars. People make fun of you. People push you aside. You can end up isolated. All kinds of fun. But uh, in all of those times, if you take it for what it is, then it's just a chance to grow, learn, get stronger, depend on God. I hope that you've had the, the experience, the time to experience. The, I, I hope that you've been rejected by people enough to experience who he really is. Those intimate moments, the ambush by the Holy Spirit that absolutely fills you with love that you cannot even explain. In the most articulate words in all languages, you cannot explain what an encounter with the Holy Spirit, a true encounter between you and him is actually like. So once I had that, it, it made me get a little more comfortable with being an outside-the-box thinker, and, and really, I, I wouldn't give it up for anything because every day is another hope that I will have that encounter again, another one, a more deeper one. Uh, nothing that I've experienced in my whole life um, is more worth another moment. You know, there's that verse that David says, uh, one day in your house is better than a thousand elsewhere. I know what he's talking about. I hope you have had that experience where you'll do whatever it takes to get in that place again, where that that intimate moment with your actual creator sweeps you off your feet and you spend the rest of your life doing whatever it takes to be in that place again. I think in Psalm 91, it's called the secret place. You know, and, and doing your devotions every day, and even really truly seeking God every day doesn't give you that necessarily that that same experience but it opens the door for the possibility of that experience whenever whenever it is supposed to happen and he gives it to us just in time so i've had several i've had several encounters since then but uh i think in one of the other podcasts i mentioned um that i did have an intense encounter with God when i had no interest in God and so that's kind of yeah it's definitely formed me to think the way that I do now about who God is understanding the difference between God and um like the institutionalized church um God has used the church as it is for many different things and blessings and everything. He can use whatever he wants to get his point across. And with each of us, our experience is different. So I, I, as a whole, I'm not coming down on the church. Um, I think many of the ideas in the church are really, really bad, but God has in fact, and still does use the church, even with the setup that it is, even with some of the, you know, business-like mentalities or the, or the um, facade or apathetic thing that it is now or whatever, he's still using. There's still real Christians there. He's still using people and all that kind of thing. But the reason 
that I'm going into all this is because my perspective when I, on this podcast is usually very um, kind of realistic. I have lived a real life while I have believed in, in Christ. I have not lived um, a pretty life that was pretty enough to put on, on display for everybody at the church. Um, many people... Many people at the church didn't uh, care to see anything about my life. But some people in the church and out of the church have seen what God has done with my scarred up life. And they believe with me or they know that there's something different. And I'm so grateful that God has allowed me to get banged up enough to refuse to live a facadical life as best I know how. (laughs) And hopefully, hopefully inspire anybody I can to join me. I am not the first and I will not be the last of people who just don't know how to play by the rules, but that's a God thing. It's a good thing. I'm not saying we run around trying to break the rules. I'm saying if Jesus didn't live by the traditionalist and religious man-made rules, then why should we? We shouldn't. We should be defined out as his followers, people who find joy in suffering. Okay? That's outside the box. Okay? Uh, My experience in, in churches has been if you got a nice big house and some cushy cars and stuff like that, then, you know, that's when people are, are bragging about stuff. Paul bragged in his suffering. I want to be like that, okay? The cars can, can blow up and the house can get burned to the ground. But I want something that's solid. I want people to see in me the kingdom that lasts forever so that they can have it too. That's That's my desire as a Christian. And so... I am a searcher. I am a seeker. Um, my mind has been changed umpteen times. I feel like every time I go through the Bible, I new things pop out to me that I'm like, I never even knew that was in the Bible, but I've read this book a thousand times. Uh, that's what I want. I want the Holy Spirit to lead me into all truth. And I, I hope you guys do too. I hope anybody that can hear me right now has that desire. And if you don't, you know, there's been times I've had to ask God, give me the want to want it, you know? I mean, who is, oh, I want to suffer. Man, if you had, if you understand his love, if you've had that ambush encounter, if you understand what you're missing, if you don't connect with him, I'd suffer for it. It's not easy. It still feels like suffering. But compared to the reward, I'd do it again, over and over. However many times it takes, as long as I can be close to him. I want that for my listeners as well. I want that for anyone who has found the true God, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit, and has asked him to reveal himself to you. So I'm I'm kind of bypassing the typical churchgoer and I'm talking about people who want to know him. I hope that's you. 
that's my goal and who I'm talking to is to define ourselves out from, from, you know, being good attenders, tithers or whatever that Pharisees had that going for him. Jesus said that we need to be more righteous than them. Okay. Ask God to show you what that means. Cause that's a big one. It's beautiful. So, uh, over the na- next month or so, I will go into a little bit more <clears throat> of my testimony as far as I know. And, um, in the meantime, I hope that you are seeking him every day on your own, asking him for the things that you want, but most especially ask him for an encounter with him. Ask him to ambush you with his love so that you can live your life in a response to it. And I'm taking that a little bit from Brennan Manning. If you don't know him, get his book. Ruthless Trust is one of the best. Okay. Uh, didn't mean to advocate for him, but go for it. Whatever sources you need to get a hold of to understand how real knowing Christ should be and is to those of us that seek him. Oh, one more thing I wanted to let you guys know before I go. Uh, we will now have an email available that you can contact us with questions about any of the podcasts. It will be listed in the description at the bottom of each podcast. Thanks so much. Have a great day.